everyone and welcome back to the greatest podcast in the entire universe culture bucket where two best friends talk about uh nonsense and popular culture movies music all the rest of it books games sometimes it's good stuff uh i am your host george and i will be talking today about the bob's burgers movie along with other recent popular culture stuff but i can't do it on my own so i am with my co-host your other host Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. Hi. How are you? <laughs> How are you doing, George? Oh, oh, it's my turn this time. Yeah, go on. I am, I am very good. Thank you very much. It's very warm, which is strange, you know. Mm, it's not warm here. No? No. But, yeah, all is good. I mean, it's a little bit warm because I put the heating on. Oh, have you put the heating yeah, on? Yes, so I'm going to sell I'm not- gonna sell one of my kidneys later. Are you not worried about that? <laughs> Oh my goodness! I know it's cold. I'm cold. Why do you need to? You need to just just layer it up. Yeah, one little. Get your blankets. One little. Get your coats. One little hour of heating. I'm I'm, I'm treating myself. How are you doing today, George? Uh, good. <laughs> good. Nothing to report. Nothing major going on. Uh, no. yeah, it's all fine. The world is fine. Time. Yeah, everything is funky dory. Yes. Yeah, like, so. Yeah, let's just great times. Talk about the stuff we like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's it's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so in a minute we will do our culture catch up, but before that, uh one more time if you enjoy this podcast, please uh give it a like by rating and reviewing it on the podcast app of your choice. Maybe that's Spotify, maybe that's Apple Podcasts. It's probably Apple Podcasts, but whatever you want to do, it's fine. But go and tell the world that you like our podcast. If you don't like our podcast, just it's better to say nothing, isn't it? If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all, right? Yeah. And stop listening now if you don't like it. No, give it more of a chance, actually, because you might it might turn up. If this is your first episode, maybe it will uh, turn around for you uh, once you get used to the 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 timbre of our voices and the the tenor of our conversation. Okay. Ooh. Um. Nice, nice words, George. Thank you. So, yeah, we don't have any new reviews to read, but next next time we get a new written review, you can guarantee I'll be reading it out on here and name-checking the kind person who wrote it. So why don't you make that be you? <laughs> yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Great. Culture catch-up time? I think so. Okay, good. <laughs> This is Culture Catch-Up Time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. Um, so it's Culture Catch-Up Time now. Uh, I just choked a little bit. On what? No, nothing. Ah. <laughs> I just forgot how to breathe momentarily. <laughs> tea is too hot to drink. I bought some pocket tea because I was really jealous of your pocket tea. Oh, yeah. 
and it was like four euro ninety five. And then and then this morning I wanted like a nice three mint tea. And I took the bag out of the little sachet. Yeah. And it broke. What? <laughs> I was devastated. Yeah, that's it just went How did that happen? I have no idea. I maybe maybe I'm not used to Puka tea anymore. Maybe I'm not worthy of Puka tea. Yeah, maybe. Did you and, um, did you try again? I did have another one, but that was a very expensive morning of tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's two boxes for five pounds at the moment in Tesco, so Oh well here's one box for four euro ninety five. Yeah. Great times. Culture catch up. I've got some movies, some TV, some music, a game. I've got the whole gamut. Have you got a book? No. <laughs> I've got most of the gamut. Yeah. Um of Culture. Okay, so uh, a couple of movies. Uh, I haven't been watching many movies lately because there's been so many TV shows to watch. Yeah, between I same. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, House of the Dragon, She Hulk, The Bear, Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Yeah. <laughs> Taskmaster. Task Taskmaster. I didn't finish the last season of that, so I'm having to, I'm catching up on that. Mm. Uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah, so yes. much. But last night I watched two movies, so I can talk about both of them today. Uh, the first one was uh, the latest movie in the uh, franchise Halloween, which if anyone has listened to this podcast well, they know that I am a big fan of that. Uh, there's been many, many Halloween movies across many different timelines. This one is the David Gordon Green timeline, started in 2018 with Halloween, which was a direct sequel to the original Halloween, brought Jamie Curtis back into the fold. I've talked about that one on this podcast before at some point. I love it. I think it's great. Um, the second one, Halloween Kills, came out last year, uh, received pretty negatively, largely, but I really enjoyed it still. Um, and if the first, if the 2018 Halloween was an examination of what it's like to create a cage for yourself um, and live your life in fear, as Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode had done in that movie, and the second movie examines uh, tr- the effects of trauma on a community by having a lot of people run around yelling, evil dies tonight, over and over again in a rather silly way. Mm. <laughs> but it was enjoyable. Uh, this movie is about how, I guess, uh, I think if you if you treat somebody like they're a boogeyman, will it turn them into a boogeyman? That's that's the plot of this new one. It's called Halloween Ends. It's the final film in this trilogy, uh, supposedly the final Halloween movie, but it all, it definitely isn't. Um, <laughs> but it ends. Yeah. This is on the title, it's the, Halloween Ends. It's the last David Gordon Green one, and it definitively ends this version of the world, but they'll just find another way to do more, almost definitely. But for now, I, I imagine we won't get another Halloween film for a while, at least. Um this one follows, it's hard to describe it. it, so it follows Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode, who spent most of the last film in a hospital bed. In this one, it's four years later, Michael Myers has vanished after the finale of the last film, and she has overcome her trauma somewhat, is living in a house with her granddaughter, um, her granddaughter Alison, whose mother was killed by Michael Myers at the climax of the previous movie, and whose father was killed Ooh. in the first film, so she's an orphan living with her grandmother. And um, they meet a young man called Corey, who you see in the opening scene of, the, of this movie 
uh, undergo a very traumatic event uh, which has uh, severely affected his life and through shared trauma he connects with Laurie and uh, Alison mm. and uh, they the, the film really pretty much follows those three characters and mainly Corey who is not who who's a new character for this film uh, and actually doesn't feature as much of the masked uh, Michael Myers as you would expect yeah. a Halloween film to which is um, yeah. an interesting choice uh, it's had terrible views not mm. done well f- critically so far. Uh, the word it's only out this weekend, so we don't know how it's done financially yet. But yeah, not well received at all. Um, I didn't have the best time with it. I think it's my. I think it's the worst of these new free films. Okay. Um, but it still looks very nice. It's still fairly competently made, although it's got a variety of weird scenes in it that have a very strange energy that almost feel like something out of. Tim and Eric's bedtime stories, which I talked about the other week. Yeah. Um, characters having conversations that, that you can't quite grasp why they're in the plot and just mm. scenes that don't end when you feel like they should end to carry on like a beat too long. It's quite okay. an odd movie. Uh, it features weird references to like other horror films. Uh, Corey's second name is Cunningham, which is a reference to the film Christine. Oh. Um, and that is... Interesting because there are parallels between the journey his character goes through and the journey that the mm. character and Christine goes through. Corey's mother is a as a definite riff on um the mother in Carrie, uh Piper Laurie's character in Carrie. And okay. then there's a radio station, which is definitely, I think, referencing uh Texas James and Massacre 2's radio station. None of those things are Halloween. It's very odd that it sort of pulls in these disparate elements uh, and creates this mm. bizarre stew of very odd strangeness but i wasn't bored at any point mm. i was definitely like it kept me intrigued the final 20 minutes sort of attempts to deliver what you want from a halloween movie mm. and ultimately it's a bit of a mess but i didn't dislike it quite as much as everyone else does i think if you have an open mind and know that it's not necessarily what you think it's going to be maybe yeah. maybe you can get something out of it um after that I watched uh the latest movie. Another another thing that uh listeners to podcasts know I'm a fan of, I watched the latest film from uh author Italian filmmaker Dario Argento. Argento. Who has returned with a film which in English is called Dark Glasses. I'm not sure what the original Italian title is called, but it is his first giallo movie in an extraordinarily long time. Um, yeah, because he's old. Like I, I'm amazed. That still, like he's eighty four. Yeah. No, eighty two. Yeah, he's an he's a quite an elderly guy. Yeah. But he's back. Ah, uh, uh, he's uh, it's called Occhialineri. Occhialineri, which means which is dark glasses. Black, black glasses. Black glasses. Dark glasses in English for some reason. Uh, it follows a so this movie so it's a Jalo movie so it's it, you know you've got a mask you've got a killer whose face you don't see wearing black gloves garrotting women in the night, etc. You've got um, a... So the lead character is a sex worker um, mm. called Diana, played by an actress called Elenia Pastorelli. Um, she is... So she is chased early on and is the almost victim to a killer who is targeting sex workers in the night. Due to events... 
due to strange events, she ends up blind. <laughs> this is sort of like the setup of the movie, so it's not really a spoiler. Mm. She's blinded early on, so then has to recontextualize her life around being a blind lady. The caseworker assigned to help her work that out uh, is called Rita and is played by Asia Argento, who is actually... Oh, his daughter. Yeah, his daughter, yeah. who's uh, really good in this movie. Like, I think she normally plays very uh, big characters in other stuff, um, mm, very yeah. sexualized characters and things like that. In this film, she kind of goes against type and plays a really, really down-to-earth, ordinary, normal woman. Mm. And she's really good. I thought she was good in this film, uh, Asia Argento. And, um, due, again, due to events that it's not worth going into, Diana ends up sort of being the foster mother, but not officially in any legal sense, but ends up taking in a young Chinese boy who, uh, in one weird scene, she gives him a PSP as a gift which in 2022 is a weird gift. That's like a, about a decade out of date game console. Um, and then they sort of like, they form this bond and throughout the rest of the movie, they uh, basically in this cat and mouse game, she's blind, he's a child, attempting to survive against this killer who's returning to uh, try and finish the job kind of thing. Um, mm. It's a weird, it's, it's not my favourite of the Jello movies Dario Argento has made. But in recent years, his output has been pretty poor. So I think it's a it's a competently made, decent film. Mm. If you really, really want to watch a new Argento movie, it's not going to do you wrong. But it didn't particularly do much for me either. The plot wasn't that... Like, after that basic setup, which you know from the trailers and you know going in pretty much if you've been paying attention, mm. it doesn't really do anything else. It's just kind of that... And it's only, it's like 86 minutes long, which is kind of nice and brief. I like brevity. But I yeah. think within that, <laughs> we know. within that um, short time frame, it doesn't really actually do very much of any interest. It's got mm. a handful of gory sequences, which are upsetting. And, you know, the, the, the effects are quite well done, but it doesn't really, it, it, for me, it didn't really add up to much. But I've had a look online and I've had a look on Letterboxd and it's had a lot of like three star, three and a half star reviews of people going, yeah, you know, it's pretty good. I gave it two and a half. It, you know, it's competently made, but it didn't really light my world on fire, which was a pity because, you know, you don't get a new Dario Gento movie very often, particularly a new Jello film from him. So mm. that's what it is. Um. So those are two films I watched this week. Uh, also, we've had the finales of a couple of shows that have been running. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Powers finale was oh, this week. Oh, is it finished already? It is finished. All eight, How many episodes did they make? Eight. Has it already been eight weeks? Yep. No, <laughs> they put two out at once. So it's been seven weeks. Ah, okay. Seven weeks yeah, yeah, yeah. since we've been talking about this Ring of Power thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's insane. I, I thought it just started. No. Wow. Um, I thought it started well this season. Mm. And then it meandered around for ages. Didn't do anything interesting. P pretty poor dialogue. Pretty weird plotting. Uh, like, for example, <laughs> the episode where the dwarf king says, or the dwarf prince says to uh, Elrond, here's some mithril. It's a secret. If you ever tell anyone else about mithril and that it exists at all, if you show this to anyone else your family is cursed and you'll never be welcome to the dwarf kingdom ever again and will you'll you'll be the earth will be scorched and burned with your name for all eternity and then the very next episode he just goes ah, do you know what take all the mithril you want mate it's fine you can have as much as you need <laughs> uh, from from nowhere it's, it's ridiculous um so 
then we come to the finale. You know, mild spoilers for the previous episode, so, you know, skip ahead if you don't want to know about this. But um, throughout the season, the Southlands is revealed to be the actual uh, future location of Mordor, and we've seen the uh, the emergence of Mount Doom. And the only question remains is, who is Sauron? Galadriel is searching Sauron out. We know that he's poking his head around somewhere. There's been a couple of characters all the way through that people have been like, oh, okay, it could be Sauron. There's been one character that I've, the whole way through, I've been like, that is Sauron right there. And, um, yeah, that's Sauron. It was not a, they, they, they tried to make it be a surprise. It's not a surprise. Mm. You're like, oh yeah, that's the guy. He's the evil guy. And then it ends. It's pretty underwhelming. I was pretty unimpressed with The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. This is like a show mm. that Amazon have committed a billion dollars to and they've made one of the most boring fantasy things I've ever seen. Like each episode is an hour and 10 minutes long mm. and none of them have enough. Pl- like we've got we've got Game of Thrones getting through twice as much plot in 50 minutes each week or House of the Dragon, sorry. And then we've got this, this thing, which is just like, there's one scene in this episode where a hobbit leaves her hobbit family to go and adventure with um a man who is 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 again similar to the Sauron thing we're meant to be like oh who's this mysterious guy it's Gandalf at some point they're going to reveal it's Gandalf but it's, def- <laughs> it's definitely obvious obviously Gandalf uh yeah. so she's going to go off and adventure with him and leave her have family behind and there is literally there's a, there's she says goodbye to her family then she says goodbye to the village then she starts to walk away then her best friend comes up and hugs her then they have a conversation about how sad they are then her best friend hugs her again then she waves to the village again then she goes to walk up a bit and then she turns around again and waves <laughs> to the village again and then we see the villagers all waving at her and then her best friend runs up and hugs her again and then they have a little cry again and then they do another hug and then she starts to walk away again and it just takes forever for one character to walk up a hill and say goodbye. And it's why just unnecessarily dragging themselves out. This would be a better show if it aired on TV and was limited to a 50 minute per week slot. Yeah. Because they are bathing in their gorgeous set design and they think that that accepts, that makes it acceptable to like waste everyone's time. Not good. On the other end of the swings, we had a trim 30 minute finale this week from she Hulk. Uh, controversial some i know some people that hated it i absolutely loved it it leaned into all the things that she hulk should be i won't put any spoilers at all in because i think people should just go and watch it and enjoy it but it Mm. absolutely um met my expectations and hopes and i think ultimately she hulk might be my favorite series that they've done so far in the mcu Wow! i think tatiana maslany has embraced the role perfectly she's an amazing addition to the mcu i hope that we see her pop up in much more stuff over as we go on Mm. it's no secret that this show has featured daredevil in some capacity and it's amazing to see charlie cox back in that role and he's he's doing a really good job of it and it's a it's a slightly closer to the comic book i think version of daredevil that's a bit a you know still has a dark you know heart to him like in the Netflix mm. show, but he's also able to be a bit lighter and a bit happier and have some humour to him, and I think it's just great. I think She-Hulk has been wonderful. Have you watched any of it yet? No, not yet. You've got to watch it, and we can talk about but it. I will. It's so funny. I think you'll like it. Um. Mm. So, yeah, okay. So that's She-Hulk finale. The next thing I'm going to talk about briefly is a video game, and I think for you to understand what I'm talking about, Alex, you need to see the trailer for this video game. Okay. And you'll see why. So I'm going to send you this clip. It's a little bit of a MyTube thing early on. But you'll see why when you see what the game looks like. 
There you go. Let me know when you're ready. Okay, so George has sent me a video game trailer called Scorn launch trailer. And it says mature 17 plus blood and gore, intense violence, sexual themes. Great. It's only a minute long, (laughs) the trailer. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, three, two, one, go. Okay, so I'm waiting for some blood and gore. Oh. Okay, there's a big worm. Cthulhu kind of worm. Could be. Uh, and there are more, there are monsters, things unattached. Uh, oh my goodness, people getting, well, what? Ugh. Why do you like this kind of stuff? There's a lot of like things that are not supposed to be in bodies and blood and teeth. Ugh. What? Ugh. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) Even the gun looks rank. Rank, what a word. (laughs) What? And there's a lot of shooting of... What, it's shooting animals? That's not not nice, George. They're not animals, Alex. Okay. Monsters. And it's very shaky. I think that's just the trailer. Okay. Oh, what? (laughs) Some some intestines have just left something's body. Great, thank you for that. Yeah, good. Yeah, great. So, what's your what? So, you tell me from that trailer what you think that game is. Oh well, it looks like a a a reality where everything is pretty horrible, <laughs> and somebody is a mutant or something, or has been uh, genetically or has been worked on, and he has to escape and kill everything. So. Yeah, okay. Is it is is it close? It's close in a lot of things except for the kill everything part at the end. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's based on well it's not, I don't know if it's be, I don't know if I said it's based on but it looks a lot like the artwork of HR Giga who designed the original Alien in Alien. Ah. Uh, that kind of like is it flesh is it a is it a machine where does the skin end and the metal begin kind of thing. Yeah. Gooey, slimy, gross stuff. Cronenbergian <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, which I, I like art and stuff that looks like that. So I was in on that basis. Also, it's a, it's a Game Pass game for anyone's interested. So if you have Game Pass, you can play this for free. Um, it isn't an action combat fighting game like the trailer makes it look. I've played about okay. two hours of it. In the first hour and a half or so, there's no combat at all, really. And what I like about it is that there's no on-screen text ever. There's nothing that ever tells you what you're doing or why you're doing it or what you're trying to do. <laughs> Or how to like even life. control the game, exactly. You're just, <laughs> like you wake up in this kind of desolate space that's full mm. of all this goo and grossness, but like no living things. It's like it's a de- dead civilization, and you are just wandering around it trying to get through it. And there's all these contraptions and machines, and you interact with them by shoving your fingers in and blah, blah, blah. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you kind of have to walk up to stuff and use it and look at what it does and then work out like how do you like the, there's all these big machines and contraptions you have to work out basically in which order to turn bits and pieces on to make the whole thing come together and mm. work um and it's pretty it's like a it's a puzzle game it's a first person puzzle game uh and if that was the entire game 
it would be an unqualified recommendation because it's it's really fun to to do that stuff unfortunately the, the the half hour i've just played through this morning introduces the combat and it's some of the worst combat i've ever played in a video game because you've got all these little you call them animals they're not animals there's not like cats and dogs they're like these horrible homunculuses of flesh and <laughs> acid and stuff and they can spit at you and fire acid at you and you don't at the point I'm at in the game, you don't have a gun or anything yet. From that trailer, you can see you get a gun later. But all you have yeah. is this thing that looks like a gun. But when you fire it, it just shoots a rod out that goes out about a foot and then retracts again. A bit like a cattle. The thing that that Javier Bardem uses in No Country for Old Men, um, and you can only use it twice before you need to recharge it, and it recharges over like five seconds or so, and then you can use it again. And the enemies that you fight have to be hit by it five times before you they die. So you have to use it, you have to hit them twice and then run away from them and they're spitting acid at you. So they're obviously hurting you and you don't have much health. <laughs> and then if you miss, God forbid you miss, because then you've wait then you're just gonna get take and if you die, it sends you way, way, way back. The checkpoint is terrible. Um so it's a real sort of Pity, I, I still recommend people go and check it out if they're able to, and it looks amazing, and the actual puzzle gameplay of it is, is really cool, like this huge bio-organic mechanical creep machines and things that you're trying to manipulate into uh, opening various doors and allowing you to enter various orifices. But um, <laughs> but then, yeah, when it introduces the combat, they just they, sh- they, they didn't need to do the combat. They could have had a good game without the combat. But they... Uh, yeah, but you need, you need to, like get sprayed out with acid and like I don't, destroy this little monkey I don't thing. think you do I think it would be a better game if it was an absolutely dead world with you the only thing of any living well it'd be pretty in it daunting no yeah but that's pretty what the first that's what the first hour of it is like and it's a it feels really isolated and lonely and it's yeah. a great atmosphere and tone and then it just oh it's a bit like uh, COVID, yeah, sh- during yeah, COVID yeah, yeah, and sure. after COVID. <laughs> oh, it was lovely and quiet, um, and now it's like, you're back out. <laughs> but I think the problem with the combat stuff is it reminds you that it's a game because it's suddenly, it feels more like a game at that point, unless like you're exploring mm. a genuine alien world because you're having to start cons- cons- considering your health and how little health you have and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I'm going to keep playing it because it looks amazing and stuff, but uh, I wish it was just the puzzles. Anyway, that's that. Uh, right, finally, two albums to talk about. It was a big music week this week. So there's two big albums released. The latest album from the 1975, uh, yeah. Matty Healy and co. Uh, producing their pop rock stuff. Their latest album is Being Funny in a Foreign Language. This is their, mm-hmm. let's see, the 1975. It's a pretty, uh, fifth album, I think. Yeah, fifth album. Wow, they've been busy. They have been busy. Um, it's... Uh, their shortest album by so far. It's yeah. only about 43 minutes long, uh, 11 songs. And I think as a result, and also it was produced by Jack Antonoff, who's a producer of Taylor Swift and various mm. other, like a producer of loads of stuff at the moment. And I think maybe through his influence, it's not as, and through the length as well, it's not as um, wide in scope as some of their other albums, particularly like Notes on a Conditional Form, mm. their last album, which went all over the place. And, uh, Brief inquiry into online relationships again went everywhere. And actually, you know, their second album has songs that sound like Seagull Ross at times and then songs that's like Yeah. They go everywhere. I, this album Yeah, it was a bit go on. underwhelmed by this one. Oh, have you listened to it? Yeah, only once. So I'm gonna listen to it more. Yeah. But I it just as as my first listen, 
I'm I'm not as I'm it doesn't feel as exciting as uh, Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean it's I don't think that's a I don't think that means it's bad though. It just isn't as no. like it doesn't grab you as immediately as some of the other albums because it doesn't have such a variety of sounds on it. Like it's it's like somebody said to them, You're really good at making <clears throat> pop music. Like yeah. it's you're a rock band, but you're really good at making like pop hits. Yeah. And they've made eleven pop songs. Yeah. And Yeah, it's all very like one tone, which is Yeah. Yeah. But I think that means it'll be an album that on repeat listens sort of opens up a bit as you kind of mm, begin to see what the definitely. differences are between the different tracks and stuff. Uh, I think there's some of the best songs I've ever written on this album, in particular two of the singles, Happiness and Part of the Band. I love both of those albums. Mm. Uh, I'm In Love With You is a really good song. Um, but the other songs that aren't the singles that I've only heard through listening to the album a handful of times haven't started to really stand out yet because it does all sound yeah. sort of of, of a piece. It's thematically consistent, which is, you know, fine. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Caroline is quite a good song actually, but yeah, it's um, it's sort of business as usual a little bit, which is fine. But hmm. I don't know. I kind of want them to be creating this wacky world of madness, which works. Yeah, because he is wacky, isn't yeah. he? Like, I didn't realize how what an interesting character he was until this week that that he's been everywhere and I watched him like different interviews and he was uh, on this uh, YouTube show which I love which is Chicken Shop Date don't know if you ever watched I've it I've watched a bit of it I've, yeah yeah I love I love that I, it's one of my favourite things on YouTube but um, like his I think was the weirdest because oh, really? <laughs> he's such a weird character and he couldn't I don't know if he was doing it on purpose or he couldn't really grasp the fact that this was like a show and he kept like going, is this, is this like real? Uh, can I kiss you? Like chicken shop date is all about being like an awkward date at the chicken shop, yeah. um, which is really, uh, is a really nice concept. And he kind of. Maybe he was playing into the. I, I hope so, but he was so strange. And then um, Amelia, she's quite serious and really kind of um, crass yeah. Well, no, just and uh, I think he kind of took her by surprise because he was just so weird. <laughs> so sometimes you just look super embarrassed because usually she's quite cold and stuff. But uh, yeah. weird, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So if you if you if you just try and watch it because it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I might give it a go. Yeah. I saw a tiny clip mm. of it where she gave him a bottle of water and he was weird about it. Yeah, yeah, because I think that's his favorite flavored water or something. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think the album it seems fine. It's had really yeah, good reviews. I think reviews. it's gonna grow on me. Yeah, I think it'll grow on me as well. Um, but it's not got like it's not got like here's five minutes of weird garage music without vocals, or here's a song where yeah. the the vocals are provided by Siri reading out a text <laughs> message, or do you know what I mean? It's it's not got any yeah, weirdness to yeah. it. Well, it's probably got a bit, but it's not. But it's you know they are very good songwriters, and the songs are very well yeah. written. So well done. Uh, up next, the final thing I've got to talk about is the Red Hot Chili Peppers' second mm. album of the year, Return of the Dream Canteen. Another big double album. It's an hour and 15 minutes long. It's got 17 yeah. tracks on it. <laughs> so long. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm almost like, is, that, is this album ever going to finish? <laughs> um, uh, and I've listened to it more than the 1975 one. I've had it, I've had mm. it on a few rotations. And 
I don't know. I just, I've, I've really, this year has been the year of the Red Hot Chili Peppers for me. I just love mm. their sound and love what they do. And Frusciante being back in the yeah. band is so good. I think like the, the couple of singles they released before it came out, Tip of My Tongue and Eddie, um, when they, when they were just the singles, I liked Tip of My Tongue better. But having listened to the album a few mm. times, Eddie is just an amazing song. I I love that mm. song. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, a lovely tribute to Eddie Van Halen and stuff. And the guitar solo that Frusciante whips out for it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rest of the album's uh, full of really good sh- tracks as well. Like I said, it's it's only come out this weekend, so it's not really made a huge impression yet, but Roulette has stood out as a good song. Um, the drummer, the, the new single is pretty good. Bag of Grins, Copper Belly stood out. I think the second half of this album actually hits me more than the first half. Uh, mm, and in particular, yeah. I think my standout track so far, because it is so weird, is uh, the final track, In the Snow. Do you remember that one? Okay. You, you've listened to this, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very eclectic album, and sometimes like Anthony Kiedis goes. He's got more. <laughs> he's got more. Like I read that that song "Poster Child" from the first album was yeah. meant to be on this album, and they put it on this on the first album instead. And I think it's yeah. probably because they realised that this album has got so many pop culture reference. Like all of his lyrics yeah. are like, "I was in the Faulty Towers, and then I went to the." Yeah, the zoo with with Bono, <laughs> and then we went just Austin Powers, and then it just never yeah. st- he never stops, uh, just throwing out references to pop culture. It's <laughs> very insane. Uh, so that song yeah. "Poster Child" would have been probably too much because that like that song is literally just like I was with Led Zeppelin, and we went. Yeah. But in the snow. Do you remember the song in the snow? No, so I, I'll I, play. The, I only let, listened to the album once. Let me play the start of it for you because I, I like it yeah. started and. It stands out immediately because they're using a drum machine, which is weird for them. But then I'll try and find it. I've heard this before in a, in a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. It might have happened before, but listen to what he does in a sec. It's going spoken word suddenly. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah, it, it, is, it is a mad... Double but album. in a world where it's, we were just complaining a... about the 1975 reining it in, I don't know. This is this is exciting. Yeah. this is a very exciting album. Yeah, yeah. I I really I I think I really like this album. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it's fun. It's not as exciting as Unlimited Love. It's just because I was so unaware of what Red Hot Chili Peppers were doing. So I listened to that one, and from yeah. the first song, I was like, yeah. But this was very entertaining and very good. And in some songs, they've gone back a little bit into Californication kind of yeah, um, or like in mood. And uh, let me I, it made, let me play you the start it, of Eddie because I think it sounds just like By the Way. Yeah, and I feel yeah right yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And there, there's a there's a couple of songs that kind of like remind you of those kind of like Red Hot Chili Peppers era, which is. 
really good because they can reinvent themselves and make themselves again the great red hot chili peppers so i'm i think it's very exciting yeah yeah and it's good it's a it's a good entertaining album some songs you're like what the hell are you saying <laughs> but <laughs> it's fine it's it's okay yeah i think lyrically it's he's taken a lot of chances that not all of them are paying off but the rest of the band is solid strong enough that it works yeah, yeah, I think, I think, yeah. But sometimes just just going on like, what are you saying? And it just goes, and you, and I just like bop with him. Yeah. It's just like okay, it's let's full just on do it. just word association. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can I, I can dig it. Yeah, but I definitely want to listen to it more, and also the nineteen seventy five. But I think this is just like the eclecticity. But you don't have much time because next week you've got Taylor Swift and the Arctic Monkeys to to get to grips with. Like, oh, oh and also keep your eye on. Uh, there's a band called Witch Fever who are releasing their debut album next week, and uh, oh. it's it's had me, and my um friend Sam, have a real uh thing about the fact that uh, have you heard of the magazine Kerrang? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they are uh, the premier sort of metal and rock uh, magazine in the UK. Uh, so they review mm. all the newest rock and metal releases and stuff. We always joke about the fact that every single album they review, they give four stars to, or they, they call them Ks, they do it Ks, but it's always four out of five Ks, every album. And it's just like, it, it completely reduces the point of having a score on your review if every single thing you've been able to be like, it's pretty amazing. It could be a little bit better. It, like every single thing. Yeah. Uh, and this week they reviewed the Witch Fever debut album and they gave it five Ks, Alex. So I think it's gonna I oh think it's going goodness. to change the world potentially. So wow. um I haven't heard it yet, but look out for it and I'll talk about it next week probably, because I'll have a listen to it. Nice. Um and they're very they're cool. They're from Manchester in the UK and they're very uh, feminist and um they've got good world views i think uh they were very good uh they had a lot of things to say about the queen when she passed away etc so uh mm. you'll either like or hate them based on that but i think i like them. Oh, okay so i probably like yeah. them anyway let's not Anywho. get too controversial that's all my culture catch up what have you been doing <laughs> also i have a i have a um a proposition for you Propose, propose me. Propose you that we even though it's not a top five episode we should do homework this week because i think we've both done the thing that we have for homework yeah oh my god I want, to, I want to know what you okay. think of the bear and i've listened to hold the girl this week and it's fresh in my mind because yeah okay but let's do homework we'll do yeah, that once definitely. we've done your culture catch up on my tube and stuff i just wanted to suggest. okay so okay fantastic uh okay my culture catch up so i'm not going to talk about the bear because we're going to do homework and i'm going to tell you everything have you finished I the know. bear oh yeah i have oh, finished i have the not bear. finished the bear yet Oh, no. Have we not finished the Because I'm trying to ration it out a bit because it's too good. <laughs> no, you've done so well because I've been in like, I finished, oh, it's really terrible because I finished the bear and it's just been downhill since. It's just been, it's just been so boring, everything I watched. Yeah. It's just, I, I just had to watch the bear and Harley Quinn because I just, everything is crap. Fair dude. I did finish the second. I hate I, that you made me watch. I finished the second season of Harley Quinn this week and oh, so good. Oh, I've just been like, I need to watch something because, you know, I need to like talk about something on Quota Back. But I was like, I'll watch, I'll watch the bear. <laughs> and then I finished the bear in like record time <laughs> uh, with some anxiety, ex- <laughs> anxious uh, panic attacks. But then I was like, I need to watch something else. And it just hasn't been great. But OK. OK, so what um, have you done? 
I've watched, uh, so I've listened to the two albums we talked about, which was good. I watched The Bear. I fini- I'm i nearly finished a season one of Harlequin. One episode is missing. Great show. It's getting better and better. Really enjoying where it go- is going. Yeah. Uh, the characters are like really multidimensional, so it was really good. How do you like the Legion I of really Doom? Like- <laughs> so, well, I would like to work in the Legion of Doom, actually. I wouldn't mind, Not in the you know. Uh, room though <laughs> no 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 i would like to be in harlequin's office have you seen the one where um, bane makes them go and do a mission with him to blow up that oh my god <laughs> bane is so funny like it just keeps calling me bad or something and it's like <laughs> and then he blows the yoga shop up he and then he's not even there <laughs> it's it's a really good series i really really enjoying it and it's really entertaining and exciting so yeah really good i'm carrying on with that and then i watched a couple of netflix films um the first one is uh 22 2022 film starring mila kunis called the uh, no just luckiest girl alive okay luckiest girl alive um, I went in thinking there was going to be like a gone girl. I was excited to have like another little, like gone girl kind of thing. Yeah, you love a gone because girl. Because the trailer, thing. yeah, because I thought the trailer gave it more like a gone girl thing. It says it's a thriller. And, but um, because I went in those expectations with those expectations, because I think they tried to give you those expectations. Mm. I don't know if you see the trailer. No, all I've, I've seen it pop up on Netflix and I like, I really like Mila Kunis a lot. Yeah, but and so maybe maybe because I had this preconception that I was going to uh, have something different, maybe I didn't get the film as much as I sh- should have. Mm. Um, or maybe I wasn't as. Uh, but if the trailer I, I sold it to you as one thing and then it's not that thing, that's on the that's yeah. on the, that's on the marketing but, people, isn't it? Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's a bad film. I just I just needed to readjust myself. Mm-hmm into not not being a thriller but yeah it stars uh mila kunis as annie finelli who is the weirdest name it's weird annie finelli <laughs> annie finelli is she from a cartoon version of italy <laughs> maybe i don't know but I didn't, her name is not I, she's tiffany finelli oh think. that's better then. Still that's weird. fine tiffany yeah finelli makes but sense. i think now that she's like older she wants to become she's annie finelli she go by annie nelly yeah but she's not gonna be annie finelli for long because she's gonna marry uh luke harrison so she's gonna become annie harrison which is like this uh, incredible New York guy that has everything, you know. You know those rich New York, New York guys yeah. from like rich families. Right. Yes. So she's the luckiest girl so in the world. She is the luckiest girl. girl in the world. So she's uh, she's uh, from New York, and it looks like she's she basically looks like she's got everything. She's got um, she's a writer in a in a magazine, even though she writes mainly about sex and like she's kind of like this sex columnist. Okay. Um, she's got all the clothes. She's got the perfect um fiance and she's going to get married in this perfect ceremony she doesn't eat she doesn't you know she's perfect she's just a perfect person uh but uh something in her past uh is uh, keeps coming back to her so like the trauma that she has uh had in her past keeps coming back to her and uh, something happened in her high school 
and they're trying to uh, and they're trying to make a documentary and this documentary is kind of triggering triggering her and making her feel certain things that are coming back um although it's not just a documentary that is like uh, uh, re- reviving past trauma because even sometimes when she holds a knife she has like flashbacks and uh, it's just uh, it's just this this woman that has tried to forget everything about her past, but slowly, slowly, her past is coming back, and she can do everything. But at the end of the day, if you have past trauma, it's gonna come back. Mm. That's the kind of just sort of story. I can't say too much because there are some kind of like things that you don't see in the trailer that maybe could be spoilers. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, Mila Kunis is great uh, as Annie Fanelli because Mila Kunis is amazing. <laughs> um, who does she, she, sorry, wait, a, who does she play in it? Annie Fanelli. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then there are flashbacks with a younger Annie Fanelli, but at the time she was Tiffany, uh, played by Chiara Aurelia, which she's she's very good mm-hmm. um finn whitrock plays her fiance connie britain plays her mom oh, okay I like uh, connie yeah connie britain is really good in it um scott scott mcnary plays here, McNary. her professor scoot sorry <laughs> scoot mcnary plays her professor okay. uh who and and then there's also jennifer beals Biles. Beals. 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 Beals? Oh, we're thinking of different people. She was in Flashdance and The L Word. Oh, no, I'm thinking, oh, no sorry. I'm thinking of Jessica Beal. Is it Jessica Beal? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. This is Jennifer Beals. Sorry, my bad. Yes. Um, As her boss. And so... Not being a thriller and is all about people trying to escape from their past traumas and thinking they have to do everything right... Uh, their traumas will be uh gone. Uh, it's an interesting concept, you know. It's a it's it's interesting, and in a way, it's a good it's a good way to an- analyze that about how past trauma can um affect your uh, present. Mm-hmm. Um, it's acted pretty well, but it also just. Because you're thinking is a thriller, you think something is gonna happen, but nothing happens really. Right. Um, some traumas that she had are pretty horrendous. And the problem that I had is that it's very graphic what we see. Right. And I feel that it wasn't necessary. I feel like if somebody has had a sexual assault on them and watches this film and doesn't know that that's gonna happen it's going to be very triggering because I felt awful watching a scene in this film, which was not necessarily, it wasn't a necessity to have it. And it was very, not graphic, like you couldn't see, it was too much. And I felt very uncomfortable and I did not like it. And especially putting maybe a young actress doing this, I think maybe it wasn't the best choice uh and uh i i don't i don't really like i didn't like that um i felt it had a good message this film mm. 
but I feel that maybe it wasn't delivered the right way. And so it's good and bad. It's 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 uh it's uh, it's hard to swallow in some places, but I don't I and I but but I think also if if you're going to like especially in 2022 if you're going to show something that bad happening to a young girl you need to be very aware of the people that are going to watch your film and be uh very gentle with that kind of portrayal Mm -hmm. and they were not gentle they were very it was too much and i know sometimes maybe you need to be shocked to understand but also you can do things in different ways. But that's my opinion. A little bit like Blonde. Like, we know that those things went on. Mm. Why are we exploiting this current actress to show the exploitation of an older act or like an, of an actress before? Why can we not just do things in a gentler way, but still in a poignant way, mm. you know? Yeah. For anyone who's listening who does um, have issues around feeling triggered by certain events in films, I'd like to direct everyone to a website called doesthedogdie.com. Have you heard of that? No. Doesthedogdie.com is a great website. It has pretty much any major movies on there. This film's on there. I'm just looking at it now. And it doesn't just tell you if it... It, it, it started off as like a, a resource for people who can't watch films where uh, dogs are hurt, which is fair, as a yeah. way to look up and see if, that, if the movie's going to contain anything traumatic for them. Yeah. But now it sort of is used to... Um, kind of run through all potentially triggering acts uh mm. so for example i'm looking up luckiest girl alive and it's just a list of things does a cat die does the dog die are animals abused da, 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 da. and you can really quickly see the nose and then the yes is so yes is under is a child abused is yes is someone mm-hmm. gaslighted yes mm-hmm. is there domestic violence yes mm-hmm. does someone use abuse alcohol yes is someone restrained yes is someone tortured mm-hmm. yes is there shaving or cutting? Yes. And then is there genital trauma, mutilation? Yes. And that's the kind of thing that could be. Oh, it's 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 hard. Yeah. Is it's there really... amputation? Yes. Does someone struggle to breathe? Yes. Does a kid die? It, it, yeah. So it's it's a you know obviously if you feel like give me anything you give me anything you can give me and I don't want any spoilers that website's not for you but if you would in before you go in if you would like to know if there is anything potentially upsetting in a film I really recommend uh does does the com. it's a really good resource yeah just wanted to put that out there yeah so as a film like I said I think it could be you know it sounds pretty brutal from that but it could like the thing is it could be really because it does show how unfortunately a lot of girls are not believed especially in certain contexts and instead if the girl has drunk too much and stuff like that you know a little bit you know if you think about um a promising young woman you know it's kind of a similar kind of situation um but it's done in a way that it it does it, it just maybe doesn't care for people that have actually experienced that and i and i don't i don't agree with that so you know what should we caution uh, if you well what should we caution anyway because there are some scenes where it's not great Mm. Mm. yeah 
but it it does it, it does talk about something that's really important. So <sighs> yeah, <sighs> that's luckiest girl alive. Yes, that's luckiest girl alive. And then I watched something a little bit more fluffy and lovely and uh i've been wanting to watch this for a while because um you know riverdale was such a big program with a show with like young kids yeah yes never watched it but i knew who the the actors were right. through the amount of like publicity they made so you know do revenge there was uh, camila mendez yep. so um i watched this other netflix film with another riverdale actress because i thought you know check her out and is um and she's also in hustlers okay uh lily uh reinhardt and the film is called look both ways mm, okay yeah a fluffy lovely movie uh, it's about uh, this girl that has everything planned and is the night of a graduation and um on the night of a graduation uh well just before her graduation uh she sleeps with her best friend and on the night of graduation she um she is not feeling very well so she takes a pregnancy test and then that's when the movie goes in two different paths in one side there's natalie played by lily reinhardt that is pregnant and on the other side there's natalie who is not pregnant uh, and the film follows the two lives that could be with the, with child and without it's like child. sliding doors alex it's exactly like sliding doors um it's like sliding doors but uh in for me i i wasn't enjoying the film at the beginning because i thought it was a little bit too like you know i love you know college thing like school things in a slice of lives but it felt a little bit too cheesy for me okay. even that was too cheesy but then um the more the film went on the more i started enjoying it because whatever road she took you know one of them she was she was with child the other one was with, without child mm -hmm. both roads have got their ups and downs i'm sure and it's a kind of nice film for me to for people for maybe like uh, college students to watch that whatever you choose it's gonna be okay and don't worry about it you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what i liked is the fact that at the end she she doesn't end up necessarily with the same person yeah and it kind of shifts the idea of the one in a romantic comedy in a romantic story yeah, yeah. the one you know um which i quite like that because you know this i this this you know fabulous idea that there is a one person for you uh it's kind of so in a way not right because you know isn't there's not one person mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be the person that he's going to maybe spend the rest of your lives with. But this this idea of like the romantic thing, there's the one. Well, this, for me, it doesn't exist. Oh, wow. Uh, but, you know, in the sense that it doesn't exist, not like in the romantic comedy sense that there's one person in six billion people that is going to be your soulmate. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. believe that you can find somebody that you really like and spend the rest of your life. And that's definitely your one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's not the one. And what I liked about this film is like she doesn't, there's not the one. There is the person the, that she's going to spend the rest of her life the with. The two. The two, yes. I, I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was quite fluffy and nice. You're saying and, it's fluffy, and, Alex, but yeah. are there bugs? Yes. 
a cockroach is on Natalie's bed at 34 minutes full. Oh, yeah. So how fluffy can it be? Does someone use drugs? Yes. Yes. This is not good. M- marijuana. Marijuana? Yeah. <laughs> Does someone wet slash soil themselves? Yes. It's a baby. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't like that. Is there a hospital scene? Yes. It, she's give, she gives Does birth. a baby cry? Yes. You're asking me to watch a movie where a baby does a cry. Are there babies? Yes. Is there childbirth? Yes. yes. Is there, sec- is is there quite, sexual quite... content? Yes. Yes. Mm. Yes. Sorry. Um, is there a nuclear yeah. explosion? No. Three people have confirmed <laughs> no. There is not a nuclear explosion. <laughs> Sorry, uh, continue. So I, I quite like Lily Reinhardt. She kind of reminds me of a young... um. What's her name? Cameron Diaz. No. No, no. Julia Roberts. No. She's got brothers and sisters in Hollywood. Kate Hudson. One bro- no, one brother in Hollywood. Um, oh, and they've got the same name, the brother and the sister. Billie Eilish. No. Uh, um, oh, they do films oh. together. Cusack. Uh, uh, Joan Cusack. Joan, Joan Cusack. Cusack. I don't know. She gives me the same kind of... Um, warmth as Joan Cusack I really like that about her and then uh, you know the 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 characters are really nice there's a nice uh, kind of uh, chemistry between her and one of the ones Danny Ramirez uh, who plays Gabe who is the father of the child she's really good Asha Aisha D uh, plays her best friend she's really good as well um and uh yeah she's it's a, it's a it's an interesting okay film and also there is Luke Wilson as her father. Ah cool I like Luke Wilson. I love Luke yeah. Wilson but he's so underused. He is underused. Yeah yeah yeah. So much underusage. And uh yeah it's an okay film if you need some you know you know, you don't know what to do. Watch an hour and 40 minutes of this. It's okay. Be aware there it's will nice. be wet slash soiled yes. pants. Yes. Yes, definitely. And then I watched Catherine called Birdie because you watched it and you said it was good and you liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds like you're about to berate me. I absolutely adore this right, film. Okay, good. I love this film so much i cried like a baby at some point <laughs> it just made me so emotional about thinking about this this lovely girl that was like you know sold to this horrible man yeah oh it's just it's so good i laughed i cried i felt sorry for all women in the world at that time and now uh, I I think it's a beautiful film. I love how she, how Lena Dunham used the music. I I Lena Dunham I think met and then married the man who did the music for this film. Amazing. Joined the production of this film. Yes. Uh, amazing. Uh, Bella Ramsey is incredible, and I didn't realize she's Hilda. She's the voice of Hilda, the cartoon that you hate. Oh yeah. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, I love I love Moena, her her nurse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
everybody is good in this film and even if like so Bella Ramsey just steals the show and she's in every scene and she's everywhere mm-hmm. and everybody is like kind of her kind of like crew you know the people all around but any time that she interacts with somebody else is just good yeah and you go you don't see the brother her brother that she hates for a while um robert played by dean charles chapman but then he then he appears after like maybe half an hour you haven't seen yeah. him and he just goes ah you're getting sold and he's just like oh, okay so you're back here People come and go in this film, and I really, really liked it, and I liked the, dyna- the dynamicity of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and even to the last moment, like new characters get introduced, like Golden Tiger, <laughs> the guy that like takes her to her cousin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just really, 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 really love this film. Good. And, it's good. Uh, it's good film. It's, and it's really weird because on Rotten Tomatoes, like. <laughs> The the reviewers gave it eighty eight percent, and the audience gave it fifty one percent. Really, what, what? is fifty one percent of this? Like just Bella Ramsey, you have to get seventy percent just for her. Oh, that's bizarre! Why has it got such it's, a low audience score? I have no idea. I don't understand that at all. Is there some sort of review bombing going? It's probably because of Lena Dunham. <laughs> Exactly, and it really pisses me off because it's such a good film, and it's it's just so funny, and there is so many things that I don't know. I just loved it. I think it's a amazing film. Uh, it's people people whinging about the the changes to the book. Oh well, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, yeah, change from the books in a bad way. Da, 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 da. They changed the story from the book. Five exclamation marks. Terrible. <laughs> no, it could have been good, but Amazon destroyed it by changing the story. Yes, Amazon. Responsible for the film. Yeah. Like others had said, they changed the story from the book and in going so completely ruined it. Tedious tosh. Prime Studios needs a clean out. <laughs> Their director changed... People just... People just hate Amazon Prime now, don't yeah. they? The director changed the ending of the book up until then I could deal with most of the changes to the characters and plot, but by changing the ending, the movie became about Birdie staying a child rather than growing up. The random shuffling of music genre was distracting and the costumes were just okay. Bella was a great choice for Birdie, though, and that kept me watching until the end. Two stars. What? I'd rather that Birdie stays a child and does a go with that horrible yeah, I wonder how the bearded guy. Uh... I must admit that I didn't get it. Not a historical account, not a funny account, no strange and beautiful. <laughs> what? Hang on. <laughs> I must admit that I didn't get it. <laughs> not a historical account, not a funny account, no strange and beautiful beings. Which you expect, right? Just a bad story supported by actors without a role, and a common trait to all bad movies, a highly narrated movie. The li- the lead character is even narrating as she's acting. The strangest admission of boredom and confusion caused by this annoying movie. Also, they should have paid someone to manage the music side. The music is neither pleasant nor appropriate unless it was their goal to make fun of the film. That's one of the strangest reviews I've ever seen. No strange and beautiful beings. Uh, madness. Idiots. Absolutely. Absolute morons. Anything else? 
Uh, and that's it for my culture catch up this week. What a week. lovely set of things, Alex. I like mm. it a lot. Okay. Uh, let's just keep on rolling. Are you ready for some um, MyTube? Yeah. This one, I'm tempted to say try not to look at the title of the video before we watch it, but if you can't manage that, that's fine. Okay. Okay, I'm going to close my eyes. Okay. I'm going to put the hand there. Okay, so I've, I am, I've got it. Okay, I'm what, looking at you. Okay. Okay, what do you want me to do? Are you ready to play it? So without reading what yeah. it is. Okay, so I'm going to put the full screen on. Okay. 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 Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Oh, it's Christmas time. We're in a pub. You ain't driving. And oh, Hopper. It's Hopper. Or David Harbour. It's Hopper. David Harbour's there. Oh. I started the whole damn thing. Oh, it's actually Santa. Okay. So it's a Christmas film. We need good ones now because we don't have enough. Yep. What is it? Okay. Okay, so she she gets uh walkie-talkie to talk to... Oh my goodness! What's his name? John Leguizamo. Yes, and... What? So it's a... Wow. So it's a action Santa movie. <laughs> Could be. Okay. Santa has arrived and he's eating cookies. And I think he's in the house that has been sieged by criminals. <gasps> Somebody punched Santa. But Santa punches back. Okay. Wow, <laughs> Santa's violent. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Santa's killing everyone. He used to have everyone. a Christmas star in somebody's eye and turned it on. Oh, Santa. <laughs> She's on the nice list. Wow. Oh, Santa's trying to kill somebody with some tinsel. <laughs> oh, this better be good. Time for some season's beatings. Because it looks amazing. Stabbing. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's horrendous. What if he really is the real? There's no such thing as Santa. Yeah. Oh, I'm my naughty list. <laughs> <laughs> You're on my naughty list. And what do you do to the naughty ones? I give them a lump of coal. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch. 
<gasps> he just blew somebody up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Violent Night is the film. Which one of you did that? Prancer? No. So he just stepped on deep, on, on reindeer poop. What do you make of that? Oh, I really hope it's yeah, good. Yeah, right? It looks pretty fun. Because it looks amazing. It looks really fun. We need some kind of action comedy Santa a little bit. Yeah, we absolutely you know, do. Christmas film, a bit like Home Alone. We absolutely, absolutely, absolutely do. Exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's Die Hard, but with Santa, basically. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, yeah, and, and there's Harbour. the best person. Yeah, David Harbour. Like, I don't want anything more. Next. Next. Can I read the title? Yeah, this one you can read the title. Again? I'll tell you a bit about it before we start watching it. Okay. Okay. So, oh my, I've seen this trailer. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah, but we can watch it together okay. as well. So, this is the new, uh, is it Luca Guadagnino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, film Bones and All with uh, Timothée Chalamet and it's about cannibalism. Yes. I I'm this tra- I don't t- I don't think I can watch this film. <laughs> well, I haven't really seen this trailer. <laughs> okay. I was gonna wa- I, I was I was gonna not watch the trailers because I just wanted to see the film, and then the trailer was on. When I went into Halloween yesterday, so I saw like the yeah. second half of the trailer. So I was like, oh, I'll just watch the trailer then. Yeah. Um, so I've not seen this before. Okay. Are you, okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, three, two, one, go. But don't you think it's funny that Luca Guadino and Timothée Chalamet have made a cannibal movie together when they made a movie in the past with an actual cannibal? Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Alleged, potentially. Alleged cannibal. <gasps> oh, she's just eating her finger. Oh, you didn't. Like apparently it's a love story. Yeah, between her and Timothée Chalamet, right? So I think it's set in the eighties because she's got a cassette player. Yeah. I mean, it's meant to be very good. It got really good reviews. Yes. Yes, I know. Just look at him. Oh my goodness. I thought I was the only one. I don't want to hurt anybody. Famous last words. It just looks intense, though. Like, even... Even Timothy Chalamet looks intense. Like, he looks gaunt and dirty. Yeah. He's got mad hair. Yeah. And Mark Rylance. He's so weird, isn't he? That guy. Never, never, but so they can smell. I thought you might be hungry. No. Oh, so they smell other cannibals? I guess he can. And I haven't seen this trailer. I've seen a different trailer, which was more intense. Okay. With, without words. Teach me a smell other eaters. Yeah. This is what this is where I saw it from in the uh, cinema. These, oh my goodness, they look so weird. <laughs> oh, it is too much. Why do they keep eating people? Yeah. It looks like a horror film, but these are not the people that normally make 
Horror films. All I think is that I love you. I don't think I can. I can do like I can barely do romance. <laughs> I don't think I can do cannibal romance. I think those two together is just going to be too much. But it looks like a pretty important movie. Oh, I'll watch it if you if we watch it together. Okay. I'll watch it with I'm you. Sure. I think it'd be quite fun to watch yeah. a film with okay. you. Okay, we'll we'll work out a way to make that happen. We'll work out somehow. When is it coming out? November. Oh. Okay. Well, you know. Well, that would be impossible for us to watch it. Together. Yeah, but maybe one day. You know. Yeah. Watch it later. Okay, I've got one more thing because. See what you think of this. Oh, this is exciting. The next trailer that George has sent me is the actual trailer for Wednesday Adams. I've been waiting for this trailer for a yeah, while. Yeah, well, I, I, see what you think when we watch it. I'm kind of pleasantly surprised by what happens. Oh, I looks. can't wait. I'm really excited. Cool. Well, because, you know, I love the Adams family. And I yeah, think... and I, I, Jenna Ortega is Wednesday Adams. I think it might be a, a Yeah. Bit. Let's see. Right, you ready to start? Okay. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Okay, Creepy Mansion with Creepy Black Car. <laughs> Which looks like a hearse. Nevermore was created as a safe haven for our children to learn and to grow. No matter so it looks like Hogwarts. Yeah, look. For, oh, yeah. Hogwarts for people that are. You feeling okay? are. Oh, Catherine Zeta Jones is Morticia. Yeah. She's allergic to color. Oh, wow. Oh, my what goodness. I break out into hives and then the flesh peels off my bones. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. She's amazing. Yeah, she's. I like Jenna Sawyer. Yeah. Deep down, I actually enjoy it. Oh, she's scary. Love her. There's just something wrong about this place. Not just because it's a school. Secret societies, hidden libraries. It feels a bit like a, a like a dark Harry Potter. Yeah, it does a bit. Yeah, in a great way. Oh, Uncle Fester is played by Fred Armisen. Yeah, very strange choice, but I think it might kind of work. I think I don't know. So, from the mind of Tim Burton, what does that mean? I think he's directed some of it, or he's like kind okay. of created it. Fantastic. Oh, I'm really excited. It looks amazing. I need this in my life. Well, it's it's out pretty soon, eh? Yeah. I know the suspense is killing you. Oh, it is. It looks quite dark as well, like... Yeah. Not as the Adams Family. It's just a dark version of it. Lovely. Who's this? I'm Miss Thornhill. I trust Enid has given you the old Nevermore welcome. Oh, She's been smothering the <laughs> I hope to return the favor in her sleep. <laughs> oh. That is. Um, I really hope it's good. Yeah. They got Christina Ricci. I know, the original. The, orig- the original Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, she was so good in it. She was such a good Wednesday. Yeah, she was. Amazing. Big shoes to fill. Um, what deal with who has Catherine Zeta-Jones made with whom? She hasn't <laughs> aged. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> She's sucking all the life out of 
Michael yeah, maybe Douglas. Michael Douglas is uh, <laughs> taking on board the aging. She's she looks like she's good in it though. But, um, yeah. What's his name? Louis Guzman as uh, Thingy looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you don't see much room in the trailer. Uncle Fester, no. the Thing. Not much sign of a. Uh, what's the butler called? Lurch. Oh. Lurch. Yeah, Not Lurch. Not sign of Lurch yet. But um, mm. I'm I'm kind of excited. Based, I was really kind yeah. of cynically like come on Tim Burton doing a come on but um I don't know I think it looks good and Jenna Ortega is I've I've really enjoyed her in everything else she's ever done so yeah excited yes mm. excellent excellent stuff indeed okay should we go to homework homework oh homo-work. yes sit down at the back and be quiet and get out your Book because it's time to discuss your homework now. Um, so I had to listen to the album uh, Hold the Girl by Rina Sawayama, and um, yes. I have done that, which is good. <laughs> talk about it. Um, yeah. This album is, I, I like it. I like you. I really enjoy it. Um, and I... The thing that uh, Pitchfork used as a way to kind of assassinate her character, uh, I think, is a real testament to the album in, in, in how many different tones and genres and ideas she toys with across the album. It's pretty incredible because um, mm. the main ones are like, this hell sounds like a modern... Britney Spears track or something and it mm. references Britney in the lyrics and like there's a lot of like yeah. that but then she's got tracks like I think it's Forgiveness sounds completely like a Taylor Swift cut and yeah. she's just moving through all the different kind of areas of pop music she can do and trying out each one of them and she does well at all of them um, and then there's the, I think my favourite track other than the singles which I'd already heard my favourite track on the album is Frankenstein Ah, which yeah. I still can't. I, I actually forgot to look it up whether it samples something or I think the start of this song, I'll play a little bit of it, sounds exactly like something else and I can't put my finger on it. Is mm. I think, I think there's a hip-hop track that has a really similar beat. I can't remember what it is. But anyway, that song's really cool. Um, yeah. Thrankenstein. And yeah, I, I really like it. I think that Pitchfork review is really unfair. And um, I really, I think, you know, she pops up on social media and stuff occasionally. The things, I don't know why. I think you, it's YouTube is constantly recommending me little posts and stuff by her. And she seems like a good person. Mm. Um yeah. I think there's 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 some kind of weird thing that people are a little bit against, especially like kind of people that are part of the music kind of not industry but music um commenting industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I saw an interview the other day saying, Oh, you are you are something like um uh, you are an industry baby or something, like in the sense that like the they she grew up with the industry a little bit like um uh what's her name? Britney Spears yeah. and she's like I'm 31 and this is my second album like I have not been helped at all yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's this kind of preconcept like preconception of her that she has been helped and and I think she struggled a lot to like get her music out because you know as an artist she's quite not old but they we consider 31 quite advanced 
when it comes to music, you know, you start at 20 and stuff, but she started a little bit later, which is fun, fine for me. I mean, I just mean for the music. No, industry. and she hasn't had any help because I mean, do you remember when, so she wasn't eligible for the Brit Awards or the Mercury Prize with her debut album because yeah. she doesn't hold, because she's from Japan originally and Japan doesn't allow for dual citizenship, as yeah. you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> As I know. Um, <laughs> she she's maintained her Japanese passport, but she has permission to live yeah. in the UK permanently, and she's lived in the UK for twenty six years. Yeah. Um, uh, and yet the Brits were like, "No, you can't be nominated for best British artist," and the Mercury Prize wouldn't nominate her. So where's yeah. the where's the industry baby stuff? Where's the support there? Like that's yeah. like two of the biggest opportunities to get your name out there in the music world yeah. have both had both denied her and now now thanks to her kind of talking out about it they've changed the rules at least for the brits and and now yeah. you and you as long as you've lived in the uk for more than five years you can qualify for those main prizes thanks to rena sariama so she's not Thank had you, help yeah. she's helped others yeah i'm glad you liked it and i'm glad you enjoyed the same things that i enjoyed about the album yeah no good i'm glad to, i was glad i listened to it um and I will go back to it, but in my immediate future, it's going to be a lot of Chili Peppers and <laughs> yeah, in seventy five. Yeah, but there's a lot of Taylor Swift. I'm like... so yeah. I wanted. I can't wait to hear this new Taylor Swift album next week. There's mm-hmm. not been any singles or anything, so it's who knows what it's going to sound like. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably sound like a Taylor Swift album, but you know. Yeah, we'll see. Or maybe not. Maybe it's going to be very different. Well, Jack and you Jack Antonoff's produced it, so okay. I think as we've seen from the nineteen seventy five, he tends to bring out what people do and make makes them do it to their best but he doesn't challenge them yeah. to uh mm. forge new ground yeah anyway that's for next time yeah, yeah. Uh, for now it's time for uh the, the bear, bear. Okay. what do you think of bear in mind i've only seen i think it's i'll double check how far i've got to um, it's funny that you've watched all of it now and i've not seen it. oh my goodness because it's too good Oh, it's so good. It's too good to... No. Come on, the bear. Where are you? There you go. I have seen up to episode... The last episode I watched was episode five. <gasps> you haven't watched episode seven? No. Oh, my God. No. <gasps> when you watch episode seven, please text okay. me. <laughs> Uh, episode 7 is described as a bad day unfolds in the restaurant kitchen as tensions rise yeah okay yeah okay. yeah so episode the last one I watched is the one where there's like a power cut and they end up doing a barbecue in the car park yeah yeah that's that's like kind of like they're kind of like oh it's nice and they're getting their shit together yeah. they're getting like along <sighs> and it's all nice and then um, and then bam and then after episode six is it's still the same, then episode seven comes, bam, and it's just like, God, I just was relaxing three seconds. Oh, wow. Um, so what do you think so, of it? Okay, so what I think what? of it, it's, uh, well, the first impression, yeah. I think I sent you a text 11 minutes in or something, <laughs> and I said, I think I'm having a panic attack or something. Yeah. I'm having anxiety. Yeah, the bear's giving me anxiety, I think you said. The bear is giving me anxiety. Uh, so I was, I think I was going to go watch only one episode because I couldn't cope with the the first episode is so intense it's just like starts and like it starts incredibly uh well with him in a dream uh like being in front of a bear with this song this song will 
make your heart explode <laughs> in episode, I think, eight, like the last oh, episode. And you go, yes, mate. Oh, it's insane. It's an insane show. So the first, it, it starts with, the first episode starts with uh, the main character, Kami, played by uh, Jeremy Allen White. Probably the most interesting face I've <laughs> ever seen in my life. Yeah, he's got quite the I love this guy yeah. i love the fact that he looks like so lost most of the time he's got the face and of now this is something i forgot to say last week uh he's got the face of like a young de niro not that yes. he looks like de niro but he's got that no. face of like a real yeah. actor italian it's, yeah and it makes actor. the whole thing is shot and feels like and is cast in a way that makes it feel like a 70s yeah. Scorsese drama. It feels like a taxi yeah. driver or something. It's such a refreshing. Yeah, and everybody's like, Kami, cousin, yeah. sugar. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, so uh so the first episode I started and there's a bear and working mum started with a bear. I was like, oh interesting. Mm. I wonder if and I think if 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 a show starts with a bear, I think we're sorted. Yeah. We're fine. How's he gonna get that bear so, out of that kitchen? I don't know. And so it starts, it starts and I was like, I, I don't think I can watch anymore. <laughs> and then suddenly I got hooked and it it's insane because it's so intense and people like, and it's kitchen and cooking and love for cooking and too much love for cooking and building people up and then tearing them down. And it's insane. It's such a human yeah. drama mm-hmm. that it's so refreshing to see and so you can like kind of feel that this kind of reality is not shot like it's a it's a show it's shot like yeah it feels feels like you're there with them it's like i was saying last week about you've watched all of these like lord of the rings house of dragon marvel stuff and this feels like real people in a real place struggling yeah but you can see that the actors are really, it, they don't feel like actors. It fit, it's just my cat. Oh, my okay. cat decided that she wanted to go in the box. That's fine. And then she destroyed the box. <laughs> and then she went. Right the- oh my God, that song. <laughs> and they keep looking at the clock because yeah. it's time to open. Ah! It's it's so intense, but then in the middle it kind of becomes like, oh wow, things are working out. You're like <laughs> a French kitchen now. It's like yeah, and it. Just, but I I I just loved it, and everybody puts their all, or the actors put their all in the series, mm. in the show, but also how it's directed. It makes you feel that is you're not watching. A series you're watching actually then yeah. it's just so good and i the love for the food is real mm-hmm. and uh, i love i loved even the most intense moments especially with a cousin played oh, by even moss uh Bacara. Yeah. he's but then he's the he's the most annoying character but then by the end is the one that i feel the most for because he hasn't really got a place, he hasn't really got anything, and I'm, I, I, I could watch it again. I made a bad thing about watching it in three days, <laughs> and I shouldn't have because I after that 
I just watch things. I was like, oh, where is my tension? Where is my drama? Okay. Let's um, quickly def- let's quickly run through some characters and say what we think of them. Because okay. because it's all about the characters. Kami. <laughs> um, it's a very difficult <laughs> character to read. Yeah. You <laughs> you're not really sh- uh, performed beautifully by Jeremy Allen yep. White. Yeah. Your he he doesn't know how he feels. He doesn't know how anybody else feels. No. He, he is so intense. Yep. His eyes are intense. His everything is intense about him. But you feel for him so much yep. because you would just want him to make this bloody kitchen work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I really like the episode where they he has to cater the children's party and he realizes that <laughs> something's happened to the juice. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> That's funny bit. That's a good bit. Um, yeah. Richie. Uh, well, co- yeah. uh, um, cousin. Yeah. Uh, complex, complex character man. that when he arrives, I was like, shut up. <laughs> just <laughs> shut Stop up. Being and awful. they're so good at just talking over yeah. each other. It's such a good, incredible show that they just talk to each other. Yeah. Complex. Uh, yeah. Complex, complex character. A character yeah. I love, Sydney. I think Sydney's my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah. She's so uh, yeah. I I love her, but she yeah, she's good. She just needs to calm down a little bit. She's too yeah, but intense uh, her as performance well. like uh, it's Ao Adabiri plays her, and I I think she's she's so oh real. Like you kind of start yeah. to like her within a second of her appearing on screen. Yeah. She just feels oh, yeah. so like yeah. a real person. She's great. Oh, and she does something. Oh my god! In ep- that episode seven Whoa. is insane. Um, you need to watch. Lionel Boyce plays Marcus, a character incredible. <laughs> love, 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 love him. He could be. He just starts with like trying to make some bread, oh, and by the he's... end, he wants to make this like donuts. Oh, the episode where he's looking at donuts and wants to make donuts is so great, and yeah. his awful housemate with the book, of course. <laughs> with a bunch yeah. of colors yeah um yeah tina oh tina you just, yeah love like, i hated her so much so and then there's an episode where the yeah beginning. when she yeah. makes that mashed potato that's the point where you start to like yeah she gets the t- it yeah. turns oh. yeah. uh and the last one on here oh i've not seen much of so sugar is the sis kami's sister. sister she's not yeah. been in much of the first five no. episodes no. um and yeah, the, yeah, so pretty good yeah. stuff, I reckon. The bear, I'm a big fan of it. And so are you. Yeah. And I'll finish it soon. Yeah, finish it. Yeah, yeah. Right, shall we do a little review of a movie? Yeah, let's do a review of a yeah, movie. Bye. Right, so this is the Bob's Burgers movie. Uh, we're both big fans of Bob's Burgers. Uh, we talked last week about our favourite characters um, and all of whom appear to some degree or another in this uh that film um similar to simpsons they were threatening for years and years to make a bob's burgers movie before it finally became Mm. reality um was obviously i think it's quite a big challenge because you're still making a show and then suddenly you have to produce a movie i think this was made in conjunction with the 11th season of bob's burgers um okay came out in may of this year uh has a was received really well critically Uh, has got an 88 percent um critic score on rotten tomatoes and uh i didn't research the audience score actually but it's worth having a look at um the audience score is 89 percent so even more popular with audiences who've seen Mm. it um but wasn't didn't set the world on fire um 
financially was cost thirty eight million dollars to make, and mm. brought in theatrically thirty four point two million. So, okay, it's just on the cusp of breaking even, and will probably you know make its money back in other mm. ways over the, over time. But um, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen this do better. I wish that this had uh, been a bit more of a smash. Yeah. yeah. But, Especially of the kind of like quality of this film, yeah. I think, I think people maybe didn't give it the time of day because of yeah. Uh, previous experience of uh their favorite shows made into yeah. I guess I mean it's <laughs> movies. The Simpsons struggled. The, the time as well, you know, twenty twenty two. Yeah, theaters still like kind of like it was the beginning of twenty twenty two. So people maybe didn't go to the cinema so much, and then and then you know it's on Disney Plus now. Yeah. So so hopefully go and watch. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it before we spoil it. Cause it's mm. it. I mean, off the bat, I love it. I think it's a brilliant film. Um, what do you think of it, Alex? Oh, it's so yeah, good. It's, like it's really, it's really. It does good. everything it you doesn't... want Bob's Burgers to do. It's funny. It's emotional. It's heartfelt. Yeah. It's about yeah. people that love each other, supporting each other. And there's growth. Yeah. Like, by the end, there's, like, real growth from, like, especially one of my favourite characters. Yeah, yeah. And I really like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's work mm. through the plot a little bit. Um, we open yeah. on Bob and Linda uh, in their kitchen preparing to go and ask the manager of, a, of the bank for uh, an extension on their loan. Bob is doing his talking to his burger routine yeah. as he's making yeah. a practice burger. And then yeah. he's upset that Linda says it's a practice burger. He doesn't want the burger to hit. Yeah, he goes, no, I don't listen to <laughs> yeah. it. Um, and they go to the first Oceanside Savings Bank and the manager says, absolutely not. You're not, you're not having any sort of an extension, yeah. despite offering him a burger. And he says that he's a, yeah. does he tell him he's a vegetarian? Or he's trying not to eat meat. Yeah. And like, when you have yeah. the chips at least. Um <laughs> So they're going to get their restaurant equipment repossessed unless they can pay their loan mm. in a week, which is impossible. Uh, so they're going to ask one of my favourite characters, Mr. Fishoder, for um, a skip for a month on the rent so that they can pay the loan. And uh, Mr. Mm. Fishoder turns up in like, what, a golf cart of some description yeah. with Felix's yeah. brother and Grover Fishoder. Keep an eye on Grover. Um, Grover Their lawyer. And mm-hmm. Mr. Fishoder does his usual thing and being like, hello, the... Belchers, <laughs> as if he could, yeah. he never remembers who anyone is. Oh, I love him. Um, so they're just gonna have to sell burgers like madmen to try and make this work. Mm. And unfortunately, an enormous sinkhole forms in front of the restaurant, yeah, and uh, stops that from happening. And apparently, um, if you watch season twelve of Bob's Burgers, which kept was the season that aired immediately prior to this movie, uh, you can see the streets starting to crumble away throughout that season. Which is a lovely wow. little touch, yeah. Um, okay. To eventually reveal the sinkhole, uh, which is obviously a big problem. Um, and uh, what happens then? They want to go and explore the sinkhole. the The town mm. isn't going to cover up the sinkhole in any time uh, significantly. Um, Jean, Tina, and Louise, most importantly, decide that they want to go into the sinkhole to explore it. Um, Mainly because G T Louise, there's a scene at school where Louise is bullied for yeah. being scared, yeah. for being a little yeah, baby. Yeah, because she doesn't want to jump. She doesn't want to do the where you hang upside down off the bars yeah. and then flip and land on your feet. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to do, do that. Uh, and she's scared that her hat's going to fall off, which is obviously hmm. not okay. So to prove that she's not a baby, she's going to go into this sinkhole. Um, and she gets uh, Jean and Tina to film it. 
and she ends up falling in and does a, uh, when in her attempts to climb back up, she reveals a skeleton that's been buried beneath the street. And uh, mm. is it a tooth falls out of the skeleton and lands in her mouth? Yeah. Which is yeah, the yeah. She keeps this tooth that just like keeps ending up in her <laughs> mouth. Yeah. So she keeps it because once a tooth's been in your mouth, that's your property as far as she's concerned. Um, obviously, the discovery of a body beneath the uh, sinkhole is going to delay it being covered up. So this is bad news for Bob and Linda. Yeah. Um, the police get involved. Sergeant Bosco turns up. Uh, and then gets um, shooed away by the forensic team because he's not allowed to yeah. do uh, homicide. Oh, and poor, poor little Sergeant Bosco, Bosco. I like him. Um, and uh, the big roadblock that comes up is that the identity of the skeleton is revealed to be a carny from the wharf owned by Mr. Fishoda. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Fishoda is arrested and charged with the murder on TV. And unless they can clear Mr. Fishoda's name in time, the chances of them repaying this loan are almost zero. So those yeah. though therein lies the stakes for this film. Um Louise decides it's the job of the three children to clear yeah. <laughs> Mr. Fishoda's name. Um so yeah. they skip school in order to uh do an investigation where they go to various places, including Carney Town, mm-hmm. where we meet um Mickey, but not voiced this time by Bill Hader, which was one of the small disappointments of this film, because mm. origin originally that character was voiced by voiced by Bill Hader. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then they, there's yeah there's this sequence they go in they go and find Sergeant Bosco and he's staking out a, um, a biker club. I really like this scene yeah. where he's like, yeah, yeah. don't. <laughs> and they know. <laughs> and then the guy comes and goes, "Hi, Sergeant Bosco." He's like, "How do they know?" I'm yeah. a- and he's got like his, he's got his police light on top of the car, and yeah. his cup says Sergeant Bosco on it, and he's got his police yeah. badge on the dashboard. He's a very very bad policeman. I love, but yeah, he's the I best. really like Sergeant mm-hmm. Bosco. He's very very good. Um, so yeah, basically, ultimately, they end up in Wonder Wharf at the same time as Bob and Linda, yeah. <laughs> who have allowed Teddy to build them a mobile burger cart. And another one of my favourite scenes in the film is Teddy showing off his burger car, which is named Bob Burgers in honour of Bob in honour of the name <laughs> in honour of Bob's real name, which he fixes yeah. Bob Burgers. Um yeah. and he's got a little it's it's got a it's got an umbrella to protect from the sun and the rain, and yeah. it's got a little bowl for olives. Olives. <laughs> and the toothpick, and he's asking yeah. the, the people to yeah, give the toothpick, the toothpick back. back. So they sneak that into Wonder Wolf and start selling, um, which is not okay because that's they're not allowed to do that. And they disturb a shrine to um what's the name of the I can't remember the name of the person who has been killed. And they don't say it here uh, on the uh plot synopsis I'm reading. But uh yeah, so they basically destroy the shrine to this dead carney. Yeah, the, and it yeah, leads to them the getting chased died. around Wonder Wolf a bunch. Meanwhile, yeah. Louise Jean and Tina have found a secret room beneath the yeah. molehill ride, which is like this yeah. secret clubhouse for the fish odors. Yeah. And they get down there and discover that Felix and Calvin Fishoda are planning to uh, escape in a submarine. Yeah. Because they first of all, they think there was Felix that wants to... That murdered and wants Oh, yeah, because to... I forgot they've been following they Felix to, around they and go they go to, to the their, Fishoda like, house. Um, yeah, but in, and Felix lives in a in a tree yeah. house. 
I love the bit where they're like, quick hide, and Jean just like presses up against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I love that treehouse because then they're like in that thing and they're just like, and he doesn't yeah. notice them. And the treehouse goes directly to the house. There's like this little. It's like a dumb uh, waiter thing. thing. Oh, it's so lovely. Yeah. yeah. Felix is a pretty good character. Um, yeah. And he's going to escape. Yeah. So they follow him. That's how they find their way beneath the molehill rod. They follow Felix and Calvin's down there as well. Um, and then Grover turns up, the family lawyer. Yeah. And um, ultimately... With a lovely pinker. Uh, um, yeah, he's a very weird character. His voice is very odd. Yeah. He's, he looks and sounds like a Muppet. Yeah. I think. yeah. Grover Fisher. Mm. The scene, there's a scene later where you see him climbing through a small window in a gym. And he's all flailing like he's a really strange character that they've created. Yeah. And I don't remember ever seeing him in the show. I don't know if he's ever in... No, I think he's totally part of for this. Yeah, or like I've not seen every season of Bob's Burgers yet because there's so much of it. So mm. he might have popped up in a later season. Yeah. But yeah, he was he was sort of new to me. Um, And one of the clues for this crime is that inside the mouth of the skeleton that was found was a banana-shaped cufflink. And uh, mm. Louise ends up seeing a photo of all the fish odors together and sees in this photo that Grover fish odor was wearing the banana-shaped cufflink. So uh, she realises that Grover is responsible for the murder. Uh, at this point, um, they f- uh, Bob and Linda fall into the clubhouse as well, having been chased around yep. by the carnies for selling the burgers. So now Grover is has got both fish odors, Bob and Linda, Jean, Tina and Louise all under uh, hostage, under threat of being yeah. killed with a harpoon gun that he's pointing at them. Um, which is horrible. Um, and basically he's going to frame Calvin. His plan was always to frame Mr. Fishoda for this murder and then use it in order to redevelop the Wonder Wharf into like a high-end shopping area and stuff. Yeah. Um, and because the... He he bet what does he do? He bet he buried the body, expecting it to be dug up and identified. Ah, uh, yeah, in the morning, yeah. like because he just left a little leg out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He left us. St- yeah, he buried it in this pile of dirt, expecting people yeah. to be like, "Oh, look, there's a body in it," and instead they just like filled yeah. a hole in with it, so the body was lost forever. So that his plan, well, his plan had failed for five years, but then was reignited by suddenly by the discovery and the sinkhole Bob and the stuff. Sinkhole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So he's going to um, burn down the molehill ride, uh, kill everyone inside, get the family money, etc. And um, he's going to kill the Belchers as well. He puts Calvin and Felix in this submarine. That they (laughs) said submarine they were going to escape it. They thought they were going to escape in it. And it's from like a a theme park ride. (laughs) They're very fun. Their lack of. They're really silly in this one. Like, yeah. Their lack of reality. The way that they don't understand the real world really makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, but they always... Do you remember the episode where Felix designs a new toilet for the restaurant? Aye. And it's completely black and the toilet doesn't have a seat and there's no toilet roll. And <laughs> it's, it's very good. Um, so, yeah, and then the Belchers escape underneath the wharf. They get into these ridiculous little cars. Uh, yeah, oh, that is the best it's scene, like a clamp. I think. It's just like... Yeah. And they try to escape with these, like, little cars. Yeah, and... yeah. Uh, like go karts, um, uh, yeah, and then when they on the sand, they go really slowly, yeah. and they could just get out. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't get out of it, um, no. and then they end up crashing and be, uh, teetering over the sinkhole, 
That's quite scary. Yeah, bit, it is a really it? scary. It's a really emotional bit. They 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 fall into the sinkhole. Something has happened to the to the clam. It's been bashed around, so they can't open the door on it anymore. Yeah. So they're stuck inside this clam, and Grover is just. He's got a lobster, right? And he yeah. just buries them and then leaves. Yeah, he bet. And they're, they're all in this thing panicking and the dirt's falling and stuff. And they all start yeah. telling each other how much they love each other. I think this oh, is the point where Louise such... reveals that she thinks that she wears the hat because she was scared yeah. on her first day of school. And is it that uh, mm. Bob and Linda are like, no, you just wear the hat because you like the hat? Is, is that, I can't remember the exact. It... It's like because I think Bob says that he reminds Louise really reminds him of his mother. Yes, and she always wore this pink. Yes, hat. and this is the first time we've ever mm. seen Bob's mum in the in any form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she always wore a hat like um like Louise's, so that's why he gave Louise yeah. the hat. And it's not yeah. because she was scared of school. Such a lovely yeah, scene, it's very isn't beautiful. it? It's, that's what I love about Bob's Burgers. Is it's all yeah. It it's all through the characters, and it all it's all about how much mm. they love each other and support each other and stuff. It's so good. Um, obviously. Only one man can. Um... Oh yeah, what do they do? Oh yeah, so yeah, this one like... of the tires has come off the clam. Yeah, so it's just metal, and that they like they'd have been dead if this hadn't happened. Very luckily, they landed with the metal tire, the metal wheel on the pipe, the water pipe. So he mm. starts revving it, and it cuts through the pipe, and a big burst of water fires them up in the yeah. air. And uh, Teddy arrives and helps <laughs> use uh, the... the when they talk to each other <laughs> yeah. and they can't hear each other. Yeah. Teddy's outside going... Bruh, 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 bruh. <laughs> and Teddy's like... And Bob's like, we can't well, hear why you. Why are you in the What are you doing there? I, I, I want to be in the climb with you. Uh, and then he uses the tray from his cart. To, he like There's that great bit where he just runs at the climb with it and smashes it in and tries to like... yeah, yeah. He, he frees them. Um, the... The police go and arrest Grover at the gym. Uh, Sergeant Bosco gets there first, which is a nice little moment for him. Um, and uh, the family are able to pay off the loan. And the only things we've not mentioned are uh, there's a running thing with Tina and Jimmy Jr. where yeah. she... I didn't... The first time I watched the movie, I really didn't follow this through because it's, there's this weird little necklace thing she's got that's got like a strange yeah. little pill-shaped thing on it. That's somehow connected to Jimmy Jr. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I couldn't. I, I think the second time I watched it, I sort of was able to follow it better. But there's some there's some issue between her and Jimmy Jr. that she's trying to sort out, and it involves her hallucinating a conversation with her horse, her imaginary horse friend Jericho, who's voiced by Paul Rudd, which is something I enjoy quite a lot. Um, Gene wants to perform with his band, the Itty Bitty Ditty Committee, mm. at um, Wonder Wharf, um, and he's mm-hmm. allowed to, thanks to the success of their plan to save Mr. Fishoder. Um, he has a, there's a very good dream sequence where Gene imagines them headlining this show and aliens coming down and telling him that his music's terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, Louise's journey is the one that's more connected to the uh, actual plot of the film because it's it's all about yeah. how she doesn't want to be a, a coward and stuff and wants people to mm. see her as a brave person and she realises that none of that matters. So, yeah, that's it. They were able to pay off the loan because Mr. Fisher had let them off for a month's rent because he really... Yeah, it's like... You, see... you should just give them the restaurant at this point or something. Yeah. Like, he should really reward yeah. them for that, but he yeah. doesn't. Um, no, because he's not like he's not in this world. He's just 
in a different yeah, place. Yeah. So yeah. um yeah, that's the plot of the film. It's a pretty great film. What are your favorite bits? What are your favorite moments? Uh I really <laughs> there's uh I really like so he they can't get alone and Bob just like goes oh, yeah. and he can't speak. <laughs> He's just panicking. <laughs> and like Linda's trying her best to like make him like happy and everything is gonna be fine as Linda all right, does. Yeah, alright. Uh, yeah, it's like, oh smiley face, kissy face. It's like Linda, stop it. <laughs> um and I th- I think that's really nice. I uh I I I don't know, the the relationship with the three siblings is really good. Yeah. And like they follow, like I said, they follow um, Louise in everything she does uh, because, you know, they're, they're like, they need to do things together. Yeah. Um, just the little things about like they're all, <laughs> when they're like chasing each other in the, in, the, um, in the pier, under the pier, and they find all these like horses and Tina just goes, oh, oh every yeah. time they hit a horse, oh no, oh no, <laughs> yeah. no. What like it's just kind of like it is not needed, but it it adds so much to kind of yeah. like the character. Like no, no, oh no, oh, and um, and I love the fact that the, by the end of the the film, Tina, Louise, and Jean kind of change. Mm. Yeah, they all have a like. Little there's the to moment them. where Louise, uh, Louise, uh, loses her ears. Yeah. And uh, and it's fine. Like it would have not been fine any other yeah. time. But she's like, oh, it's fine. And then Tina does whatever. I don't know if it's a spoiler, but we have spoiled it a little bit. Uh, she kisses uh, Jimmy Junior. Uh, and so it's just like they they've evolved, and it's quite nice to see in an animated series that is not always the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's just so well made. Like it's beautiful to look at. Yeah, it is. The animation is... They've stepped up it's the animation. It's so amazing. It looks beautiful. gorgeous. Yeah. Um, was there anything that didn't work for you? Uh, like, the the thing about the the necklace, I didn't... Like, when you said it, I was like, I, that completely skipped my mind. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be, like, her hair clip or it something. It was like a hair clip, but she'd given it to him. As a, I feel like they, they, they wanted each of the three children... They wanted each of the main characters, really, to have a journey in the film. Yeah. And... Yeah. The, the arc they decided to have for her didn't fully work because uh, Jimmy Junior's not in the movie. He doesn't have reason to be in the film much. So we didn't see no. much of Jimmy Junior. And it's a lot to do no. with her in, internal sort of struggle. Yeah. And it's, mm. it's sort of. Um, yeah. It's all done through this necklace thing and it, did, did, yeah, didn't quite work. Yeah. But then, you know, we know the struggle of Tina that she loves Jimmy Junior and she never told yeah. him. So. Uh, I didn't really like the song stuff. Yeah, much. I wanted it to be a musical. I didn't see the point. Like, I really wanted, yeah. like, I love the songs in the show, and I was hoping that this would be, I was hoping this film would feel like a Disney animated musical with, like, yeah. quite a lot of musical numbers all the way through, and it doesn't have many. It's got four songs in it, no. I think. And one of... And they're so, like, in random moments yeah. that they don't really... Yeah. And one of the four songs is terrible. Uh, well, one? so the thing that didn't work for me in the movie is I find whoever's doing the voice of Grover Fishoda, I find his voice too irritating to be oh, funny. Yeah, oh, that song. And oh, there's a bit where he explains yeah. his evil plan through a song. Yeah. And it's a, ah, it's Th- not that a good was a weird, weird moment. It's not funny. Yeah. And yeah, I felt like, as, like the story's good because it, 
follows the fish odors and mm. stuff, and I like the fish odors, and it's you know it's, mm. it all works well enough, except that this inclusion of this character Grover as being the ultimate villain didn't quite mm. fully pan out for me because I didn't find him very interesting or funny. Uh, yeah. And also, it's kind of exactly the same plot as um, the finale to one of the earlier seasons is all about Wonder War, mm. like Felix trying to destroy Wonder Wolf. Uh, and they end mm. up trapped underneath it and things like this, and it's quite similar in a way, which isn't the worst yeah. thing in the world. It's different enough, but yeah, Grover Fisher doing mm. that one song particularly didn't work for me. But mm. all anything to do with Teddy worked for me a lot. Then we get some good Teddy stuff. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. of course, he's so silly. Like his cart when the cart's destroyed, and he goes, "Oh no, oh no, what have we done?" No, oh. and then does the hockey. He wants to watch the hockey. He's like, "I'm not abandoning you. I'm just, uh, I'll come <laughs> yeah. back." Yeah, but as a as like uh, an animated movie, I think it, it worked and it was entertaining and uh, I I enjoyed yeah. it. Did you notice? So I've written some trivia stuff, but I've actually mentioned most of it has been talking like the sidewalk crumbling, mm. Paul Rudd voicing the horse. But did you notice a major character from the show appearing but not having any lines in this? Jimmy Ooh. Pesto. No. Yeah, Jimmy Pesto doesn't have any lines because ah. uh, the actor has been fired due to being present at the January 6th insurrection riot in the capital in America. So What? Yeah. So Jimmy Pesto is no longer voiced on Bob's Burgers because the actor has been um was Oh my yeah, goodness. was present at the January 6th riots. Bonkers. That's mm. insane. Yeah. 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 Uh, but he was never my favourite character, so it's fine. Yeah. He's a bit too... Like, the thing I love about Bob's Burgers is how much everyone supports and respects each other. And he's a little bit mm. too much negative friction for me, Jimmy Pesto. Yeah. I'll take the art shop owners as, like, the, the main voice of negativity. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, there were some Burgers of the Day in this. Oh. The Burgers of the Day are Between a Brock and a Charred Place burger. <laughs> which is pretty good. Uh, Hole in My Heart Burgers, which comes with artichoke heart chutney, and Crying yeah. All the Time Burger. You know, I didn't, I didn't even note. Like usually, is one of the first things I I see when I watch the the series, and I didn't even look at that. Oh, there wow, there you go. It's because it's so there's so much else to look at in this. Yeah. Film. Um. Yeah, it's pretty great. There's also uh, I'm trying to get it up now, but there's also a. Uh, the exterminator shop has a, what's it called? Da, 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 da. The pest years of our lives is the name of the exterminator in this one. And the other shop that always has a different business is called. So you think you can pants alterations. <laughs> um, so spell S E W. Um, pretty good stuff. I would Amazing. give this five burgers out of five. What would you give it? Yeah, I agree. I think it's. I think is good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe came out at the wrong time yeah. for you know money wise, but I think a lot of people will watch it on. Yes, yeah, there Plus. on Disney Plus, um, mm. and just so that everyone is suitably prepared, let's see what let's see what does the dog die dot com says about this movie. So. Da, 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 da. Is someone stalked? Yes. Characters walk through other people's homes and follow them around, although it's not portrayed as scary. Mm. Uh, Is someone tortured? Yes. 
Multiple what? characters towards the end are held hostage and have a gun pointed at them. Others are forced oh, okay. into a submarine that is stuck at the bottom of the ocean and others are buried alive. <laughs> are any teeth damaged? Yes. No, te- no well, teeth are damaged, but there is a scene where a dead person's teeth falls into a live person's okay. mouth. Mm, okay. Is there genital trauma slash mutilation? Yes. Linda punches Bob in the testicles twice. <laughs> Uh, is someone buried alive? Yes, that's fair. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. That's that's not, especially when because the it you know the the earth comes down. I was like, oh, I hope they stop. I hope he hasn't got enough earth. But it just went a bit dark there, yeah. didn't it? Uh, does someone struggle to breathe? Yeah. Yes, although they are buried alive, there's no scene of them struggling to breathe. But they do mention the fact that they need to use as little oxygen as possible. But they escape yeah. before oxygen is an actual problem. Uh, is someone kidnapped? Yes. Characters are held hostage in the climax of the movie. Is a child's toy destroyed? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there jump scares? I guess, yes. Uh, I guess the scene where Tina is looking at the crazy mirror and something breaks behind it suddenly could be considered a mild jump scare. Mm. Uh, does yep. someone fart or spit? Yes. One fart, but with no audio, you just see people's disgusted reaction <laughs> to it. Uh, yeah. does, I think it's Gene. Yeah. Does someone wet or soil themselves? Yes, Bob at one point wets himself. No, that's not that. That's the water from the pipe. <laughs> Look, um, d- does the dog die.com says yes. Are there okay. anxiety attacks? Yes, Linda and Tina panic at various parts. Bob panics the most. Bob yeah. has the whole. Is there a claustrophobic scene? Yes. C is someone buried mm. alive for details. Are there flashing lights or images? Yes. And is there sexual content? Yes, mild references. Does a car crash? Yes. During the climax, there are cars crashing against each other multiple mm. times. Does a car honk or tires screech? Yes. Is there gun violence? Yes. The film mm. opens with a gunshot that's not seen. We see the flash of the gun reflected on some nearby carnival prize uh, teddies. Later, the actual shot everything. and impact is mildly depicted in a badly drawn cartoon. That's your, that's your lot. So if you can candle all of that the Bob's Burgers movie will be for you. I don't mean to make light of uh, mm. triggering uh, things. Uh, that's a really good website. I'd recommend people use it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Great movie. Mm. Mm. So thank you so much for joining us today for the Bob's Burgers movie review and culture catch-up. Loads of cool stuff we've talked about today. I think hopefully some things you can take away and uh, you know watch and listen to and, ex- and explore. Uh, and... If I was going to recommend somebody, one of the things or two of the things we've talked about this week, I would say people should probably skip the movies I've watched, unfortunately, but go and watch She-Hulk. It's pretty incredible. I really like it and I want to talk more about it, so I hope Alex watches it soon. And uh, Return of the Dream Canteen, the new Chili Peppers album. It's had some sniffy reviews of people being a bit like... You know, it's chili peppers is normal kind of stuff. But I don't think it is. I think there's mm. there's a few more interesting textures and stuff they're doing and it's a cool album. It's long, but go and listen to it. What would you <laughs> recommend, Alex? So okay, so this week I would recommend for you to go on Amazon Prime and watch Catherine Called Birdie. It's a lovely, lovely film. And uh I would recommend again the same thing that George recommended last week, which is the series on uh, Disney Plus, The Bear. Watch it. Don't binge it because I miss it already. So. Yeah. Uh, good. 
Well, thank you, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed your time with us. Uh, we've enjoyed our time with you. Go and rate and review us, please, and uh, it'll be a pleasure to see you again. Goodbye. I love you very much. I hope you're well. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, folks. Uh, just dropping in to let you know that we are taking a short-ish break uh, through the rest of November and the start of December. But we will be back on the 22nd of December, just before Christmas, in time to talk about our favourite pop culture of the year. Movies, music, TV, games, etc. So please look out for that and we look forward to being back with you uh, very soon and uh, enjoy your holiday season. Love you.